0: recall mania that's what what we have going on in the world today if you hadn't noticed it but as crazy as all this sounds we may set the record this year with over 31 million vehicles recalled can you imagine that it's recall mania i'm telling you and if i didn't know better i'd say there just might be a curse involved (laughs) if you know what i'm saying so with all I mean the, you've heard about the GM recalls and the Toyota recalls and we're going to go into all that today. There's no doubt there is some concern and people need to be in safe vehicles. There's nothing nearer and dearer to my heart. Really, seriously. But here's my concern. With all these folks freaking out about conspiracies and cover-ups, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, I'm pretty sure that almost every engineer at all these companies that we're talking about gets up every morning hoping to discover a better, more efficient dependable and inexpensive way to design their particular component but oops i never thought somebody would hang 40 pounds of trinkets and triangles and jangles from their key ring i mean when you look at this gm recall that is getting all this hullabaloo simply put they did not figure in that people could put that much stuff on a key ring and when it does it wears out the ignition switch and so oops we made a mistake, and they admit, and I and it's a horrible mistake, and undoubtedly people are die, dying, and, and and I hate that, but it's a mistake, and we're cursed, and to think we're not, and that somebody you know diabolically thought, now, hey, I'm just not going to put quite enough stuff in there. That isn't that isn't what happened. They just didn't think through it completely, and I'm sure you've made mistakes, and I've made mistakes, and then, oh well, then there's the cover up, you know, these people. Well, they had no idea. I mean, some maybe they're trying to save money. They had jobs to do. <laughs> guess what they made a mistake and so did the media by the way if they'd have picked up on this years ago they'd be out there saying hey take the 40 pounds of stuff off your keys and by the way (laughs) i don't care if you're driving a gm car or not you may want to take 40 pounds of stuff off your keys i see my producers pulling his mic over like you got to say something well go ahead johnny um i used to collect key
1: rings it was one of my favorite things to collect and i had like 10 pounds of stuff (laughs) on my key ring and I had a mechanic once tell me he's like you got to take all that stuff off your key ring he's like it's bad for you it's bad for your ignition it's gonna wear out one day so you got to take all that stuff you need to have like one key ring and all your keys on that one key ring and ever since then it's yeah. like
0: it, it he, he said it's common sense to me and you just can't you can't do that to your it wasn't designed to hold your ignition yeah he 40 said 40 pounds of stuff but hey uh, you know they make mistakes and there's real live yeah. defects in cars there's no doubt right. about it and we're going to be going through a lot of those in just a minute but I just want to start off by saying hey people mess up and i think i know why <laughs> it has to do with this curse and we're going to get into that a lot during the christian car guy show but i have my good friend joe abandola here to help us out this morning again we're going to go into these recalls what you can do about them we have links at the website christiancarguy.com for gm owners and toyota owners on what you know what to do what's who do you contact how do you know when your vehicle's involved because one of the things that the press does And, again, Joe, you know this. They sent out this mass, everybody that has this car needs to be recalled. Well, immediately, if you call your Toyota dealer, they might get to that a year from next Wednesday (laughs) because they're they're covered up. So there's things to do while you're waiting for them to get the parts in the system and while you're waiting for your car to, to make it to the system. But this thing is scary, isn't it, Joe? Oh, very much so. And people start panicking and thinking their car's not safe to drive. And that's why I always, always, always don't rely on completely on the news media, which I'm one. (laughs) Go to the manufacturer's websites. I have those links. By the way, if you go to ChristianCarGuy.com, I have a post that's right there up front today, Recall Mania. And if you go there, you'll see a post. But There's a there's a link to GM. There's a link to Toyota. Tell you all about what to do, what not to do, how to get involved. And we're going to go through these cars here real quickly as best I can because I think it's important you know because there may be cars involved that you're driving. You didn't realize your car was a Toyota even though it's a Pontiac. <laughs> mm-hmm. And so here's the thing. 1.3, this is what happened this, this week, 1.3 million vehicles in the United States, actually 8 million vehicles uh, internationally, Toyota – is recalling because an airbag may be defective and not come out. That would be a bad situation. And included are 2009-2010 Corollas, 2009-2010 Matrix, 2008-2010 Highlander, 2009 and 2010 Tacoma, 2006 and 10 Rev Fours through 2006 through 2010 Yaris. And here's the thing, like I said, 2009-2010. Pontiac vibe. You're thinking you're driving a Pontiac. Well, guess what? Toyota had, a, had a worked with General Motors to make that car, so there you go. If you're in that Pontiac vibe, that you've got the situation. Now, the big, big recall that's getting all the press is the one for the ignition switch with the 40 pounds of keys that we're talking about. Here's the vehicles involved in that. Chevy Cobalt, 2005 through 2010. If you have an HHR, 2006 through 2011, or you have a Pontiac G5. 2007 through 2010 a solstice 2006 through 2010 the Saturn ion 2003 through 2007 or the sky 2007 through 2010 I know that's a little boring but we do want to get that news out there and here's the thing it's a really it's a fascinating thing you may not know there's a thing called a recall and there's a thing called a campaign and people don't know the difference a recall means essentially the factory is going to pay to fix your car but they have similar situations that they know there's a problem in, and that's called a campaign, right, Joey?
1: Yes. A lot of people will call a campaign a recall, but it's not really true. A recall has to do with the government, either federal safety or emission standards. A campaign is when they know there's a problem, and a lot of times they'll, out of the goodness of their heart, since they sold you the vehicle, Right they'll extend the warranty on a certain
0: problem. And sometimes they won't. Sometimes you have to pay to repair, but they know they have the problem, and those are campaigns. And then there's recalls. And who pays for what is obviously a big part of that equation. So years ago, I actually wrote an article that's called When Things Go Wrong, Who You're Going to Call, and that's also at my website. And so with that, if you look through there, there's a couple links there where you can go to the government, simply put in the kind of car you have, And rather than try to go to all these different websites to find out what, if you put in your car and that, I guess it'll show you all the campaigns and recalls that are on your car. It's pretty simple with Google today and all that's available, but you can go to christiancarguy.com and you can simply do that. And so it is Recall Mania. We're going to be talking a lot about that this morning, but also we have On Track with Andy and he's going to be down in Darlington today. And he's got a good friend of ours, Greg Berkey, with ARO. And again, we got racing going on, but they've got that ministry. We're going to hear about from that at the bottom of the hour. And then coming up in our appraisal by the Real Black Book. That's where we search the Bible for hidden treasure. Crowd for understanding. We are looking for some answers, and it just might surprise you to know. <laughs> it sure surprised me that Isaiah. He he's a deep guy. Have you ever noticed that, Joey? A little bit. <laughs> he's so deep. It took me years and years to begin to fathom what he was saying, and quite honestly, here recently is just becoming more and more rich to me, but he knew a lot about recalls. He didn't know that, but he did. And He was so deep. He had such a huge God box that he had seen this thing coming, and, <laughs> and I get to share that coming up at the end of the show, and I think I will challenge your God box today, if you listen, of what you may have, the the box that you have God in, what Isaiah says may challenge even the Lord's Prayer. You know, you say it all the time. I do. I'm hoping you do say it all the time, because we know that it's the the picture of prayer. It may be the template for prayer. But there's a line in the Lord's Prayer that challenges me, and it has for years. Unfortunately, Isaiah kind of comes through for us on this. The line is lead us not into temptation. Well, wait a minute. (laughs) Are you telling me God can lead? I mean, if you're asking God not to lead you into temptation, then is that saying that God would lead you into temptation? And exactly how does that play out? And we are going to discuss that very question coming up at the end of the show in our appraisal by the Real Black Book. And so if you're wondering, what is this craziness I'm listening to? You listen to the Christian Car Guy radio show where we are trying to bring the kingdom of God through an automotive platform and this is a live show and we would love to help you with these curses (laughs) campaigns recalls or maybe there's some other issue that you go wow my car is cursed it keeps breaking because one of the things we want to talk about joey is this as long as they keep making cars there's going to be problems right there's never going to be the perfect car
1: until you get the perfect engineer (laughs) you're not going to have a perfect car it's all made by fallible
0: humans It's perfect cars or perfect engineers, perfect steel or -hmm. perfect anything. If it's not there, guess what? You may have problems. And if you have those problems today, we want you to call in 866-348-7884. We're going to get into this whole recall thing coming up in the next segment of the Christian Car Guy. 866-348-7884. Call us.
2: This calls for action, and now nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Nip it in the bud. You got to nip it in the bud. Right in the bud we're talking about nip nip it i it. in the bud we're just discussing this nip it, nip it. nip this right in the
0: bud Mind you got to nip it in the bud there's no doubt about it when it comes to automotive recalls and campaigns gm has found toyota is finding out i believe honda and hyundai and bmw and mercedes and you name the manufacturer they are discovering that the quicker you can nip it in the bud, <laughs> that the better off everybody is. And, and certainly all this press, hopefully we're learning from our mistakes. But at the end of the day, it does come down to what's going on. What's going on? Well, when God told Adam, <laughs> and again, you're listening to the Christian Car Guy show if you're just tuning in, what in the world are they talking about? We're talking about car recall mania today and how crazy everybody's going. But when it comes down to it, God told Adam, thorns and briars are going to come up from the ground. And, yes, what is old red, my truck sitting out there? What's it made out of? Essentially ground. It's made out of iron and steel and refined from other elements. And, and so everything that comes from the ground has the curse. And guess what? The engineer was, is also dealing with the curse. So he's going to make things that come up with briars and thorns. And so we're going to make mistakes. And and one thing that we all know about, Joey, that when you make a mistake, you got to nip it in the bud. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, the quicker you can nip it. And and that's the same thing as you're going down the road and you're wondering, gee, do I have a recall? Gee, do I have a campaign on my car? As I mentioned, I'll mention again, go to ChristianCarGuy.com. If you know your vehicle's involved with one of those, go to that Recall Mania and click on those links. If not, I did a post years and years ago. It's under... Vehicle Repair Tips, and it says, that the, the heading of it is says, when things go wrong, who are you going to call? Well, in that you'll find a link you can put in your car. It'll tell you every recall, every campaign that's ever been brought out on your car. So you can save myself some email here. <laughs> you just go to this link, christiancarguy.com, and there you can discover, you know, if your vehicle is involved in one of these recalls, one of these campaigns. And it is essential. Because every mile you drive with that problem, things have a tendency to pile up on one another, don't they? Oh, yeah. And one thing leads to another, leads to another. Next thing you know, you got a major repair, and they're saying, well, we told you that your car had this recall. We told you we had this campaign. You chose not to do it, and that caused all this. And so save yourself some money and some other issues, because here's the thing. Even... Aside from the curse and aside from the ground and all those other things, there's these things in engineering, and I'm going to do my best to explain this, it's called tolerances. So if I'm going to make, and again, I don't want to lose anybody here, but if I'm going to make something as simple as a piston, okay? The piston is a part in the engine that goes up and down, you know, when the gas explodes that powers the car. So if I'm going to make a piston, the, the manufacturer goes to the piston manufacturer and says, I need a piston that's got so many tolerances, and that's within so many thousandths of an inch. And so they make one that's within a thousandth of an inch of what the manufacturer asked for. But there's tolerances past that that are even smaller. And so some are on one end of the tolerance scale and others on the other end of the tolerance scale. So if that's from like 0.001 to 0.006, if you made a piston that was full on the one side of that tolerance, it ended up at 0.6. It was right on that edge. And then when you sent to the manufacturer of the cylinder that the piston's supposed to go up and down in, and they also have a tolerance that they're supposed to keep it up to, and their tolerance was between a thousandths of an inch and six thousandths of an inch, and guess what? That one was on the other end of the tolerance million too big, right? So there's this thing that the cylinder is five-tenths too big and the piston is five-tenths too small or five-thousandths too small. You see what happens is the combination of those two tolerances, you end up with a lot of tolerance. The result is your piston rings won't seal like a car that didn't have those tolerances. And the result is that vehicle will burn a quart of oil because mm-hmm. that the oil slips between this, you know, in those two tolerances. And so guess what? You go through a quart of oil every 1,000 miles, and guess what they tell you? That's normal, even though somebody bought a, the exact same car, that they don't use a quart of oil every 10,000 miles because their tolerances were different in how that, the tolerances, the way they, they bought those components, the way it was manufactured. Did I explain that to make any sense, Joey? Yes, you did. <laughs> okay. And these are the things that go on within all the components of your car. So they're meant to line up a certain way, and they're buying them from all sorts of different Component manufacturers, and they're all within these tolerances. So even if there was no defect, even if there was nothing wrong with any of those, based on those tolerances, normal—if whatever normal is—and you know, if you think I'm normal, then you got to (laughs) think whatever normal is is really a long distance from from what somebody else's normal may be, based on the the when you put those two tolerances together, and so. The result is that you have an issue. Now, how are you going to resolve this issue, right? And and you made a great point, Joe, where here you've got this campaign or you've got this recall or, or or GM knows they have a problem with ignition switches or Chrysler knows they have a problem with ignition switches. How do I get the manufacturer to pay for that when essentially it's their fault in the way that they manufactured it is a challenge sometimes, right? Oh, yeah. And so there you are. You're an independent a repair shop mm-hmm. in Greensboro, North Carolina. What do you tell you? If you are you got a customer and you clearly go, well, this is something maybe you can get the manufacturer to pay for, what do you tell them to do?
1: Usually, I'll, if, especially if it's a good customer of mine, I'll take the time and actually call the dealership for them and talk to a service advisor, give them the VIN, and, make, and see if it's covered under a recall or not for them and kind of try to mediate it because sometimes it is hard dealing with those dealership people if it's something you don't do on a daily basis,
0: right. It's, it's helpful when you speak their language. Mm-hmm. Um, and, or, and, and again, that may be somebody that you know that speaks car talk to whatever extent that can help you m- understand the issue, mediate the issue. And, and that's what we're here for as well in the Christian Car Guy Show right now, by the way. You can call us 866 348 7884. Explain your situation. We'll I'll try to tell you how to mitigate that. But right now, we're on track with andy coming up at the bottom of the hour we're going to hear what's going on at nascar stay tuned Christian car guy show and that's my very special mixed edition of <laughs> there's no god like jehovah with the nascar cars you know behold he comes and sometimes he's coming through nascar to the, the millions and millions of fans out there and it's an amazing thing how our good friend Andy Bauer Sox and so many ministries connect with folks out there and that's why we're so happy to have this segment on the Christian car guy show of how are feature, how people out there in NASCAR are reaching people with Christ? And Andy is live today from Darlington, South Carolina. And Andy, are you there? Good
3: morning, Robbie. I am actually here in Darlington, South Carolina this morning and just walked up to a longtime friend of yours and mine both, Greg Berkey with ARO. Greg, say hello this morning to everybody. Hey, it's good to talk to everybody. So um, Robbie, as you know, Greg has been uh, traveling around with ARO and I'm just going to jump right into this with him and, uh, and just for, who, for whoever has, has not heard of, uh, or had, has not been around when Greg's been on the air with us before, Greg, what is, what is ARO about?
2: ARO stands for Auto Racing Outreach. We basically travel the NASCAR circuit for the majority of the year and uh, we are all about bringing the Lord to NASCAR. And so we actually partner with other ministries around the track. We have a show car that we bring for NASCAR. And uh, that's our point of contact, uh, bringing people over. And uh, then when they come over, we can share Christ with them and uh, share literature for them to take home with them.
3: Right. So here here in Darlington, you have your show car set up. You've got a tent with literature and different, different cookies and snacks, whatever it takes to bring people over. Right. But uh, how, how's the weekend been going here so far? Actually, it's a
2: beautiful weekend. It's been kind of a rough year for NASCAR weather-wise and ministry-wise, but this weekend,
3: perfect, and uh, a lot of good contacts, a lot of folks stopping. Well, it's certainly good to see you today, and I, I wanted to just bring up Tell us real quick how you got involved with this because you were not always following the NASCAR circuit around.
2: No, it started about seven years ago and uh, I was actually a pastor in Nova Scotia, Canada. We actually started a racing ministry up there, moved to Hickory, North Carolina back in 2006 and uh, became a chaplain for another racing series and then got into NASCAR.
3: And, and that's been six years ago, is that right? Yes, right. right. Yeah, that's a, I, can't, I can't believe it's that long, actually. Yeah, uh, it's gone. As you just brought up, you interact with the fans, You you another touch point to help lead them towards the Lord. But is there anything that stands out, a unique story or something that's happened recently that you've had interaction with?
2: Last year at Charlotte Motor Speedway, we had a guy show up that had been to our ministry site there three years ago. He accepted Christ as personal Savior, and uh, we had not heard him from him
3: for about three years. He accepted the Lord back then? Yeah, three years ago. Okay.
2: And uh, then uh, had not heard from him, and he showed back up at the track last year, and he just wanted to let us know that, listen, he found a good Bible preaching church. Uh, He started quoting verses that he's memorized, and then he got up in front of our crowd there to give a testimony.
3: Fantastic. So. And, that, uh, and I think, I don't know if you do it here, but I know occasionally you'll actually lead Bible studies there in the campgrounds, right? Right. We do services
2: for the fans, and uh, along with the gospel tract outreach that we do. We also do local church ministry. Uh, we'd like to do men's meeting with the NASCAR theme. We do vacation Bible schools with the NASCAR theme, too.
3: You know, that's something we haven't talked about, but you do. You have the show car that you travel around with. You do outreach events, and it's certainly a, a great tool to gain people's interest, if nothing else. But, uh, but how, do, how have the Bible school things worked? I know we have listeners that talk about or have at least have thought about the idea of having NASCAR-themed Bible clubs or Bible schools in the summertime. How has that worked before with you in the past?
2: We used to do about three or four a year uh, scheduling, and uh, we'll come in. And it depends on what the church wants. If they want to run the program and just have a nurse, NASCAR personality guy like me, the car... Uh, show up, we can do that. Uh, we've also had full programs where I run the entire thing for smaller churches, and so I do the speaking, do the games, uh, do all of that.
3: All week, all week long?
2: Yep, all week long.
3: Great. Well, tell us, uh, you know, tell us how can people find out more about what you're doing? Is there anything specifically they can be praying about or some other way they can get involved with you too? Uh,
2: if you want to find out more about our ministry, go to our website. It's uh, autoracingoutreach.com And uh, you can follow us there uh, on our regular updates and find out what we do. Our contact information there is there. And we ask people to pray. It is not an easy ministry. Uh, Satan does not like us being here in his territory. And so uh, we really ask for prayer.
3: Well, Robbie, as you know, uh, Greg is the real deal here. And there's not a lot of pastors that have... uh... Stepped away from the fault, but to, to follow a unique ministry. But the Lord's certainly doing some great things. Keep, keep up with Greg at, uh, at autoracingoutreach.com, is what you said? Autoracingoutreach.com. Right. And, uh, and certainly keep him in your prayers. So, um, Robbie, I wish you were here. It's a beautiful day, but uh, we'll turn it back over to you.
0: Wow, what a cool idea have a vacation Bible school at your church. And when Greg comes, by the way, he brings his car, which is, you know, a a NASCAR that's dressed like support our veterans. It's a beautiful thing. And and you can see that, by the way, at ChristianCarGuy.com. If you go to ChristianCarGuy.com and look at the On Track with Andy segment, there's a banner right there on the homepage. You go there, you can see Greg's car, you can connect with his ministry. How about, you know, getting your church on the list of having, can you imagine a NASCAR vacation Bible school? And what young man out there, you, know, you may think, well, I, you know, but what young man out there, are looking at NASCAR and they might be reached with something different than what your interest may be. So to me, it's a phenomenal ministry and a great opportunity to to reach people for Christ. Right, Joe? Can you imagine? Oh, yeah. That's that's so cool. And again, Andy Bowersox, I should say, he's with Energized Ministries. He does this for us. He's out at NASCAR working with all these ministries, but his main passion is supporting our pastors throughout the country. Pray for our pastor tour is why he's involved with NASCAR, to get people out there praying for pastors. And, you know, so many pastors have no friends because they live in a fishbowl, so to speak. So how about reaching out to your pastor? I know Andy would say that if he was here. You know, take him fishing. Take him to the NASCAR race. Take him hunting. Wherever you're going, whatever you're doing this weekend, hey, it it don't hurt to call your pastor and say, hey, you want to go do this with me? And and you might be amazed that he doesn't get fellowship like that because you know people think he may not be interested in going snowmobiling. Well, he's a, he's a guy. He he may want to do that thing. And I know Andy is always excited about that part of his ministry is bringing the pastors out to NASCAR. You know, so that's that's a really cool thing. Again, you can find out about all that stuff at ChristianCarGuy.com today. However, it's Recall Mania. We've got, <laughs> we've got all these recalls going on with GM, with Toyota, and a lot of folks are just freaking out that, how, you know, how could people push this under the carpet and all this stuff, and they're just so shocked that, that all this is happening. Well, the good news is in our appraisal by the Real Black book coming up, we're going to give you some insight and in, in how Isaiah the prophet actually saw recalls coming and to an extent and what his prayers were along those lines. Very, very insightful stuff. But, you know, the thing that I do want to say in that in almost 40 years in the car business, when I was actively in, 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 in communication with the manufacturers on a daily basis as a new car dealer, Joe, mm-hmm. I never but once saw the manufacturer get so upset about a recall that they literally had people call us and they said, these serial numbers right here, we want you to call these people and tell them to park their car. We are coming to get it with a wrecker. (laughs) They are not to drive that car. So here's the thing. There are times that things get that drastic. And to an extent, the manufacturers are aware of certain things that really did get out that were absolutely a hazard. And if it is that drastic, in my heart, I'm thinking of somebody that a, a lot of times they will literally, I shouldn't say a lot of times, but there are times. When they were literally call you and say, park your car, we're going to come get it. We know this component has a defect. In this particular case, it was a suspension component, and unfortunately, a wheel would fall off. <laughs> you know, If they hit the wrong kind of bump, they knew that there was a problem in the casting, and that casting would break. And once they discovered it, boom. I mean, they, they came right out, and there's thousands and thousands and thousands of things like that that are being done right every day day by these manufacturers of course we highlight the one time they blow it but I am telling you folks you have no idea the care and concern of all these people that are engineers and whatever and all these companies that are looking out for you every single day all the technicians whatever and and when we would get a situation that we saw we were to send in trend reports we've got this problem that keeps happening with this car and that and the manufacturers through their warranty problem they are maintaining stuff that would blow your mind but it doesn't change the fact that the vehicles are still cursed and there's still things going on. But I can assure you that <clears throat> this isn't like Mr. Bad Guy sitting out there looking over, you know, trying to figure out a way to have cars blow up all over the place, which sometimes I wonder if people see it that way, Joe.
1: Sometimes, but you got to remember when they have a recall, it costs them more money than it does you. So they don't want to have a problem like that. Yeah, they, they would rather it
0: not get engineered in there to begin with. So when we get back, we're going to see what Isaiah the prophet might have had to say about recalls. I'm excited about sharing this with you, what God's been teaching me this week. So cool. So stay tuned. My favorite part of the Christian Car Guy show is coming up. <laughs> Song just makes me smile. It just makes me smile because I just, I do want to live like there's no tomorrow. And I have to tell you that this whole subject of recalls that we've been talking about today, it opened up my heart to a, just something so exciting that it makes me want to live like there's no tomorrow and understand a little bit more. But I got to tell you, as I was thinking through the reason for these recalls, the thing that kept coming back at me was this curse the curse that happened, poor Adam. He didn't hang out with his wife like maybe he should have. He allowed her to get into trouble, and then what did he start to do? Blame everybody, right? It was her fault. You gave me this woman. <laughs> <laughs> and so are we surprised that we're blaming people with these recalls? Well, Isaiah, in Isaiah 63, I got to this passage this week, and when I read it, I could not figure it out. It just was all over me. What in the world does this mean? And I'll read it, and at first you may think the same way, and we'll work on it together. Isaiah 63, 16, he says, for you are our father, though Abraham doesn't know us, and Israel didn't acknowledge us, you, O Lord, are our father, our redeemer, from old is your name. You probably get, you're with me on that so far, okay? Here comes the hard part. O Lord, why do you make us wander from your ways? Did you hear me? O Lord, why do you make us wander from your ways and harden our heart? so that we fear you not now that's really hard for me to grasp why do you god make me wander and the fascinating thing is if you study that word that he says wander right there the way you're going to find that the first place it shows up in the bible is when he set um (laughs) abraham to wander (laughs) on his way down now you'll find it that he was saying to the egyptian pharaoh that Man, God caused me to wander, that word right there. And then later on, you, you'll see where uh, that same wander was what uh, we saw his son, Jacob, or his grandson, Jacob, doing in the desert. That, why Lord, do you make us wander from your ways and harden our hearts? Well, see, the critical elements to survival in my book are both found here, and they're also in the Lord's Prayer because he says, Our Father, which art in heaven... And then it says later, lead us not into temptation. Well, am I asking God not to lead me into temptation? How does that work out? I mean, is God trying to lead me? And I'm trying to go to him and say, don't lead me into temptation. The whole thing was just freaking me out. I was like, So all week I was like, God, you got to explain. I'm just not understanding here. And the more I studied, I looked at Matthew Henry, and I looked at this and that, and, and I have started to see some critical issues. One of the biggies is that it's not me. It doesn't say lead me not into temptation. It's us. This is plural. And look at the, what, what Isaiah did. It was plural too. And so it's, it's not just me. It's all Adam's kids. <laughs> God put a curse on us. Yes, he did. And when you, go back to, when you go back to Eden, it wasn't Satan that put the curse on. Adam chose to turn away from God, but God clearly did put the sin on I mean, excuse me, he clearly put the curse on. I didn't want to say sin. So, here your father, who loves you, and you got to admit, he had to love Adam, right? It had to be his favorite. He was the only guy around. <laughs> but he cursed him. Just try to get now. And Isaiah had this huge God box. I mean, think how gigantic that is to think that he's saying cause us not to wander away from your ways, knowing that God can do that. He can curse his favorite, which was Adam. How did that exactly work out? Especially since we know God loved Adam, but he had to be God. And he is going to have a right way to deal with things. Well, I'm so blessed to have actually a pastor in the studio with me, Ryan Showalter. And as I say those things, how critical is it that we see him as our father, but we also see that we got to have this reverent fear that comes with this passage, that he's capable of a lot of stuff.
1: Yeah, absolutely. We, a lot of times, think about God as sort of the nice, genial grandfather in the sky who's just waiting to do nice things for us without realizing that God is absolutely holy, and he will not and cannot associate with sin. And so when you see Adam in the garden, turn his back, essentially Adam says, I'd rather not be a part of your kingdom. I'd rather rule for myself, and so God says, "Okay, have what you want." and uh, And that's the curse. The curse is being separated from God, and uh, and we all inherit that by nature, and then live it out by choice. You're right. All of us are wanderers, uh, who who though we know, uh, you know, through creation and and the testimony of Scripture that. God has created all things. Uh, We would rather, unfortunately, rule ourselves and rule over ourselves. And so the cool thing is, and this is Easter week, and you know it's coming.
0: Can you imagine how much God thought Adam was his favorite, how much he thought Joe was his favorite, how much Ryan was his favorite, Robbie was his favorite, that he would send his son to die to handle this problem. And it's not just any old death. It was a horrible death. It was in all those things that you've heard so that a price would be paid for this and now will you accept that this Easter will you accept that you can have a right in spite of all this stuff that god is fully capable of as will you accept what jesus did for you so that you can have this standing of a new creation a pure heart these things are available to you but you got to make a decision not to wander, to say, hey, I can turn back, and I can be at God, and I can pray, which is what, look at Isaiah's prayer. Go to Isaiah 63 sometime today and watch his prayer and where he goes, and what does he pray? You'll find out he prays, your kingdom come. And where does his kingdom come? It comes in our hearts, friends. It's worth coming. (laughs) And that's where he's going to reside. And so we got to ask specifically, God, I want your kingdom to come into my life and, 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 and really beseech that and make that happen in your life. And, and Ryan, what might you add along those lines?
1: Well, I was looking back at the passage you read from earlier, and he says, you, O Lord, are our Father, our Redeemer from, our, from of old is your name. And he says that just before he talks about the wandering, and it's a, a gospel reminder there, even as he is sort of lamenting, the waywardness of his own heart, he remembers that God is the Redeemer. And it's a great reminder for us this morning that even in our wandering, God is faithful to his people always. And to those who call on his name, they won't be put to shame, according to Paul in Romans. Uh, Those who trust in him will know him as Father and as Redeemer. That's so cool for me to think that even the poor guy that designed
0: that ignition switch for G.M., He's covered with shame right now. He, he's so embarrassed. Can you imagine what that would feel like to be the person that designed that switch and didn't think, oops, somebody might have a 40-pound key ring that they, won't, they drove around? Uh, what would that feel like? And so I don't know if you're with me this morning. We can pray for that guy, that God will pull that, all that shame off of him and say, hey, buddy, you're my, you're my son. <laughs> I knew you were made out of dust. You're liable to make mistakes like anybody else. But I mean, think of the poor people that are involved in the shame that's involved. The great news is I serve a God that can take away all that shame, and I serve a God that can put you there in heaven with me, and, and it's going to be an exciting ride, man. I am excited about what God's doing with these recalls. And if, essentially, if you didn't know this, He's recalling all of humankind, and He's got a plan for you, and you can find out more about that and get to know God at ChristianCarguy.com. You can find out about the Jesus labor love it's car repair for single moms and families in crisis is labor joe you take part in that program you helped some ladies out this very month we appreciate Mm it
1: buddy oh we do what we can for people that god's taking care of uh,
0: of me and Mm -hmm. so i'm taking care of others and i'm so thankful for your partnership with that joey and you know this easter week um I'm going to make a pitch for Stu's Truth Talk Live if you're listening to the truth. You want to hear that this week. But just spend some time with God this holy week. Thank you for listening to The Christian Car Guy Show.